Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Eredad, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Carlin, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's show, we are going to do the United States Women's National Team preview against Wales, and we are going to make some picks ahead of Week 15 across the NWSL. Before we take a deep dive into everything, a quick reminder: go ahead and download. Follow, subscribe to use us as a podcast so that you never miss out on a single episode. The World Cup is less than two weeks away. And Attacking Third is your location for all your U.S. Women's National Team and World Cup news, analysis, and more. We got all the content rolling in. How you doing, Lisa? I am so good. I cannot believe that we're talking about the send-off series for the U.S. and that we're previewing their final match before they go down under, before the World Cup starts. This is the final test for these players. This is the final chance for Vlako Anonofsky to really get a sense of of what this team has been building. Yeah, they've been in training, but now this is a public setting um, against Wales, a European nation, and and everything that comes from it. I'm so excited about this. I'm just I'm just so jazzed, honestly. Um, I can't wait for it. It's so soon. But before, I mean, like chronologically in terms of like how the weekend is going to go, that's the last thing. We have to get through NWSL games, six of them that are happening this weekend. Um, so we're going to talk about all of it, but obviously we're starting with the U.S. because that's what we're we're really pumped up about. But um, how are you? How's it that, going? That's exactly where I'm at, dude. So yeah. thank you for like kind of hyping it up like that. I just that's how I feel. I feel like oh, it's finally here. I feel like we've been waiting for this send off game for quite some time. It's like it's been in the book. They announced it during the previous international window. So right when they were facing against uh, facing up against Ireland during that April window, in that second match during, I believe it was halftime, they put it out there, they're like, hey, here's a send-off wow. match. It's going to be July 9th. It's going to be against Wales. It's going to be in San Jose. Everything was put out there. So I just kind of feel like we've been waiting for it a little bit since then. 
And uh, just like everything else, uh, it's here. It's arrived. The send-off game has arrived. The World Cup is just a couple of weeks away. And um, we're excited about it. And we're trying to keep the energy going through that as well. So now that it's here, of course, we got to talk about what it is, what it means, how they got here. We're, we're going we're gonna to recap a little bit within the preview, which is always so funny. But we're here. United States women's national team is going to go up against Wales in their official World Cup send-off game. It's going to take place on Sunday, July 9th in San Jose, California. Uh, it's going to take place at PayPal Park. They're going to go up against the number 30 ranked Wales in this match. It's supposed to be the first ever meeting between these two sides. Uh, and like you mentioned, Lisa, it, it's a chance to to get another crack at uh, some UEFA-based uh, competition before they head down under to the Southern Hemisphere. New Zealand, really, where they're going to spend the entirety of their group stage. So let's talk about that a little bit in the build-up to this match. This United States women's national team, what are they up to right now? How did they get here? So they've been hanging out in California for a little bit. We we actually had an episode not too long ago where we touched on some uh, media day based things for for this team, which took place uh, last week. Uh, but that's kind of where that's been home base for now before right. they head off to New Zealand, which I appreciate. We we've seen some um, some fun content coming out of U.S. soccer. Uh, obviously centered around a lot of the the Stanford uh, players out there. They've been doing some training and this sort of feels like this is that, this is that time where the team is kind of utilizing to bond with each other and form those connections before they take on Wales and head off to New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, so many of the players have talked about um, that in years past, I mean, frankly, in, in years past, the World Cup would have been happening by now, it would have been almost over at this point, but they pushed it back a month. So the timing in the FIFA world is is kind of off a little bit, not in a horrible way, but it is just a little bit off. So when you look at the international windows over the last several months, um, the United States got together in January um, and at the that's what the start of the year looked for them, where they played against New Zealand, if we if we look back and we remember that, in January. Then they had the She Believes Cup in the middle of February. And then they had a pair of April friendlies. And that was early April, the first week and a half, April 8th and April 11th, where they played against Ireland, World Cup debutantes. But since those April friendlies, the team has not been together. They've been playing um, – 99% of the team uh, of the 23 players going to the World Cup, 22 of them have been playing um, in the NWSL. I mean, you look at a player like Julie Ertz, that was the last one to join a team and, and kind of get things going in the United States with the NWSL. Lindsay Horan, of course, playing overseas in France for Lyon. Um, but Ultimately, these players have been separated and they've been dealing with individual tactics on their club team. Um, it, bonding with those teammates and creating partnerships on the field with their individual clubs. And they just get together about a week ago, right? Uh, almost over a week ago. Last Monday is when the team flew off and, and they went to California to start to get that chemistry and bring it together. So you look from early April to the end of June, and this team hasn't been together. There's also new faces that have been called in there. 
Now they get the chance to not only train together, but spend some like quality time together. They went to the LA Galaxy game against San Jose in Stanford. They went um, and did a lot of fun things. They do a lot of media day. The media for U.S. soccer has been fantastic with painting and different activities. So it's a lot of bonding off the pitch, which frankly is what these players need because they haven't been together. And now they have to shift their minds from their club teams and everything they've learned there, their role with their club team and how that shifts, doing a lot of classroom work with the U.S., not only prepping for their opposition in Wales, but prepping for the World Cup and and really talking about individual tactics that the team wants to work on and how their role is going to shift moving forward over the next several weeks. So this time for the U.S. is so crucial because they haven't spent a lot of time together. And now they get a, a couple of days of training, some time together in California before they head over to the World Cup. Lisa, I can't believe you forgot one about uh, one of the most important bonding experience that we've been witnessing so far. But like the elevated amount of TikToks that we're starting to see from this team coming out of this early couple of camps in California. But that's part of it, though. I'm I'm loving it. I love seeing this. It looks like they're just like they're having a blast Mm -hmm. and they're living in the moment and they're having a good time. Um, And you want to see that as well. I feel though things are about to take a little bit of a shift. I I just there's something about this national team. It's the way this program has been built from the beginning. I think with mm-hmm. a game day right around the corner, things get a little bit different, perhaps for some of the players as they get closer and closer in these preparations to the actual kickoff. And here it is. It's the sendoff game. What we heard out of media day, Flacco Andonofsky and the coaching staff absolutely want to utilize it as a game of preparation that supposedly this is not going to be a match in which they're still going to say, we can try to like get some, you know, last minute evaluations in here. Uh, Let's take a look at player A, B or C in this half. And in the second half, let's look at X, Y, and Z. So perhaps there might be the possibility of, of getting a look at what could be an ideal starting 11 question mark, right? These are all things that we're curious about heading into uh, heading into this match because it's just it's just one. That's the other thing too. Uh, I think something else I think that we have sort of noticed around this month is a lot of national team programs have been playing uh, some, yeah. some. I guess it could be considered send off games or, or last minute friendlies to prepare for this, and that's that's part of what has built uh, built up the anticipation. I think to this game, it's like okay, so when is the U.S. going to play theirs, and how far away is it, etc. You know, we were just talking about England going up against Portugal. We saw Vietnam against against Germany. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of teams that are uh, already, you know, have had some kind of last minute friendlies and we're like, well, where's the U S and, and, and when did they get there? So finally this one is here. Something, something else in terms of where they are now and, and how they got here along the way, obviously we're talking about the media day and all of the, the fun things that they're doing out of these California camps, but it's, it's the 23, it's the 23 of them who are going to this, to this world cup. We, we did our roster, reaction when it dropped to talk about all the 23 to talk about some of the surprises on this roster to talk about maybe the non-shocking you know players who who are on here let's let's run it down for folks who are are joining us today 
And perhaps you're unaware of the 23 who will be representing the United States moving forward. Goalkeeper trio with Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair. Uh, defenders Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox, Naomi Girma, Sofia Huerta, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet. Midfielders Savannah DeMello, Julie Ertz, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan. Forwards are Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, and Lynn Williams listed as the 23 players who will represent the United States at the 2023 World Cup. So when we look at these players, strong roster, healthy roster, all of the above. Yeah, I think that it's definitely a strong group that Black Wendonofsky has has chosen. Um, I mean, we talked about it when the roster came out about the the players that are missing from this, maybe some question marks as to why these players are in here. But there's nothing that could have been changed at, at this point, right? Changes uh, to bring in different players needed to be done prior to, uh, I would say, the April friendlies. And that's happened. I mean, you look at someone like Savannah DeMello, the only um, or, or the player here without a cap, right, for this United States women's national team. She was getting called in for her play with Racing Louisville. I think in terms of injuries and and health in this group, um, it's unfortunate, but that's why we don't see a number of big names. Of course, the the big ones that have been out for a little bit, Katarina Macario, Mallory Swanson, uh, Kristen Press, those players. And then um, most recently, it would be Becky, Becky Sauerbrunn, the captain and the center back. But the health-wise, I mean, Rose Lavelle is one that we haven't seen play since April. She is training. She was training with her club team in the NWSL OL Reign before heading off with the United States. Um, she's continuing to train. I think when you look at some of the injuries, I think Kelly O'Hara is, a number, is another one that some people have kind of circled, but she was getting back and getting minutes with Gotham FC. Um, it's interesting to see kind of where this group will go. Megan Rapino, another one that was dealing with injuries over the last couple of months, but I think it's a good group, a strong group. And the players that have been called in before and been to a World Cup before, they're going to have to use their experiences from from prior times to kind of teach the younger ones, teach the players that are headed to their first World Cup because there is a number of first-year World Cup athletes on this roster that is is going to have a lot of good and bad in being a first-time player going to a World Cup with so many young ones and new ones. It's the turn of a page for the U.S., for sure. I, uh, I'm eager to sort of see how it looks and how it feels. I, I think I mentioned this in our first reaction. We were taking a rundown of, of the 23 players initially, but I think that's something I would like to see them lean into. I think having 14 first-year players Crazy. going through this experience, I think could kind of they could kind of flip the script a little bit and maybe utilize this as a bit of a, an X factor moving forward i think the fact that they do have a significant amount of players who haven't necessarily been there before um they can lean into that and sort of say you don't have as much film or footage or tape on some of these younger players newer names newer faces and you don't the opposition might have a hard time uh, scouting that and i think that that could be something that they can lean into. And I want to see it. <laughs> like, I would love to see it. I think, yes. I think all of what's happening right now, like all of the fun stuff, 
uh, you know, the TikToks, the dance, like everything that we're seeing right now. It's like it's all very good vibes and fun. And I think there might be a certain contingency out there that might look at that and say, well, that's unserious. No, but I think I don't I disagree with that. I think there's going to be plenty of people out there who think that they're, that they're unserious. Yeah, no, no, I'm agreeing. Yeah, I'm, I not agree. that we're, I'm not saying I, we're saying that. I, I'm yes, saying that yes. there's going to be a contingency out there that look at that and say that's an unserious team. I agree with you on that statement, but I disagree that that is unserious. Um, these players oh, are. No, I'm not saying, but yeah, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I disagree with those people that say that. I mean, these camps yeah. are incredibly long. It's like, it's it's like think back to like being in summer camp. You can train so oh my hard. God. But now these are professionals, but you have so much downtime, and that's how you build team chemistry, dancing together. That's how you build bonds and friendships. And I guarantee you that they need to che- they need to turn off at least for a little bit every single day of what they're doing and being so hyper focused. When they're in those meetings, they're taking notes. They're so hyper focused on the notes that are being said to them and the direction that's being given to them because they only get one chance to go to a World Cup, these players at this point. They only get one chance to hear what the coaching staff has to say in preparation for Wales, in preparation for Vietnam, Portugal. And you have to be able to absorb and soak it in every single chance. And if doing a TikTok dance is a little bit of an outlet, go for it all day I long. Wanted, I that wanted team to chemistry. Be, I want it to be like the I want it to be like the the silent, like the silent killer. Like I want it to be like they're they're having like such a good time and like kind of carefree perspective about it that it puts the opposition in a, in a false sense of, of security. You know, I, I, that is what I want to see them lean into. So I, I want to keep seeing this team still have fun, have a good time in their buildup in the preparation for the world cup, because I think it can be, I think it can be a bit of an X factor that I don't know this team has necessarily had before. In the yeah. past. I think when we look at this team going into a, a, a massive international tournament, whether it's an Olympics or World Cup, I think some of the X factors that have previously been there around this program are the fact that, you know, they were a top ranked team. They were often the reigning, you know, gold medalist or reigning World Cup champion. And some of that is true in this tournament. But what's maybe less true is that even though they're the number one ranked team, there's not a lot of, there are teams out there who are also ranked alongside them within those top 10 teams that have even gone on record and said that, that the United States is no longer that team to be feared. And that fear factor was kind of an element that was there before in the past around this team. Uh, The whole concept of, uh, you know, fitness levels and athleticism, all of that was part of the fear factor around this team. And for if you, have conversations with other national team players, some of those things no longer exist as the X factors for this national team program. So I want, I want the, the good vibes, the good times, the TikToks to be that X factor. I want them to lull their opposition into a false sense of security as if they're just some happy go lucky young kids. And then once they take the pitch, they absolutely wreck i like that i think that could be a possibility honestly i do but uh, so many times we hear players talk about getting into camps whether it's olympic camps or world cup camps and deleting social media or or not being able to go on it so i think that there's going to be a fine line for some of these young players to continue to create tiktoks and have fun and have that creative expressive outlet that they have while also 
um, maybe blocking the comments or not reading them, right? And trying to keep the haters out and not hear what the critics have to say about them. But I'm also, I think that this could translate to some on-field goal celebrations, right? Like they're doing these great dances. They're coming up with inside jokes. That's going to make for the good celebrations, the memes, the gifs that happen all throughout the World Cup, for sure. I love it. I love it. Let's uh, let's keep the good energy rolling. We're going to keep doing a preview of the United States women's national team against Wales. Stick with us. We're going to talk a bit more about who we want to see, who we think is going to get minutes, who do we think needs minutes. Stick with us after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right. United States Women's National Team are gearing up to face off against Wales. It's a it's going to be a good match. I think Wales is looking at this match as a real opportunity for themselves as well as a program. Uh, they are, you know, they fell just sort of, of qualifying for the World Cup. They're going to be one of many nations, uh, you know, having to watch this from home. So the fact that they get a chance to get another run out there as part of a buildup to a World Cup, I think they're going to lean into that as well. Yes, they are a 30-ranked FIFA team overall, but they named their roster already last month pretty early as well. I think right around June 22nd. And they've got uh, some familiar faces on, on the roster that uh, – folks might be familiar with they named back in june of course to that roster included jess fishlock of all rain probably the most iconic player at this point for wales moving forward but Angar james is on this list as well someone who had spent some time in nwsl uh but lots of players across this roster uh that you could see oh, that are tied to uh teams in England or women's super league teams as well if you're joining us live again one of the perks of subscribing to attacking third is that you join us live and we get all of these cool graphics for you up on our YouTube videos. So you could take a look at all of the, the players who are going to participate with Wales, but from top to bottom, I think with, with goalkeepers all the way through to forwards, there are maybe some players here that could cause some, some individual problems for the U S women's national team. I think maybe there is a question mark though, around Jess Fishlock in this match. We just finally got to see her get some minutes yeah. with all rain after being sidelined with a little bit of a lingering injury. Yeah, I, I think we could see her step up into this camp um, and get minutes, right? I think it's a really good opportunity for her to play against the United States. As you mentioned, it's the first time that Wales and the U.S. are going head-to-head. Um, the 
with this Wales side, the fact that um, they're playing outside of Europe, that's the first time that they're doing it, and, and they're going up against four-time world champions. When when you look at that, I think for Jess Fishlock especially, um, she wants to get out there, and she wants to get minutes in California for this match. I'm not, I, don't, I don't think a full game, just based on return to play and, and minute management for Jess Fishlock, but I think, I think we'll see her for sure get minutes. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, good players on this list that can come out and, and make a splash. As you mentioned, with this uh, whale side, they just barely missed qualifying for the World Cup this year. It was yeah. a, a single leg match that they ended up losing in the second round of the UEFA playoffs. It was 2-1. Switzerland defeated Wales, um, but it was it was a close one for them um, as they tried to break through with that. And that's kind of, when you look across like the other nations, of course, going to the World Cup and who they're playing and, and the preparation for them. I think that's kind of interesting to see that who the United States could get, frankly, to come to them in the United States before going to a World Cup. And and that's probably why it came down to a, a Welsh side that they get to play against, which I think is good competition. Um, any opposition, as you mentioned right before the break, Sandra, there's not this loom doom and gloom fear to play the United States anymore. It's a, it's a bit of a challenge. It's a bit of... Um, an opportunity for nations to go out, keep them scoreless, hold them to one goal, whatever that may be, get one in on the, on the Americans. And I think that's kind of the energy that this Welsh side is going to bring against the United States on Sunday, for sure. All right. So we're chatting a bit about this Wales side and, and who we might see and, and who are some players that, you know, we're curious about you know, getting some time on the pitch against the U.S. women's national team. So let's pivot back to the home side here and talk a little bit about the United States. Mentioned Black Lewandowski during media day, asked about, uh, was asked about this specific send-off game. And he said that they want to use this as a, as a game of preparation before they head off to the group stage in New Zealand. So maybe that shakes things up a little bit in terms of um, who we will see versus who we want to see uh, in this match moving forward. Do you think, in your opinion, we might get a look at Ananovsky's ideal starting 11, at least for that first group match against Vietnam? Yes, game? I do think to start the World Cup, we'll get the, the A squad, the the number one group out there for Vlako Ananovsky. Um, and I think that that is pretty set in his mind, barring any injuries or, or restriction in minutes that come. However, when we look at Wales versus the United States, I don't think we're going to get the 18 to start. I, I think that he's going to have a little bit more rotation, get players minutes that really need them and maybe conserve some of the players that don't need minutes. And and I'm going to be really frank with you. I don't know what that looks like for a Rose Lavelle, a player coming back from injury. Um, I think she gets minutes in this match, in this friendly versus Wales, but I don't think it's a full game. I, I don't think that the way we see her play is the same way we're going to see her play in the World Cup. I think it's going to be a building block and a stepping stone from not playing a match since April to potentially playing 80 plus yeah. minutes come two weeks time in, yeah. in Australia or in New Zealand when you're going up against Vietnam. Cause I think that's the goal for Rose Lavelle for Vlako Anonofsky and for this team to get her to be at 80 plus minutes come, come the start of the group stages. So I think we see her against Wales, but I don't think it's more than maybe like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and that comes down to, for me at least training staff and, um, 
warmups, how that works, right? Sometimes you see it's like, okay, no, you're going to go right from warmups. You're going to start the game and then you're going to come out at 45 minutes. And other times it's like, no, we're going to really warm you up for, for 45 minutes of that first half. And then you'll get in, in the second half and see how things go. But I think that's a player that we haven't seen in a while that we will see on Sunday. Yeah, I'm very curious about it myself. Uh, I have a, a piece out there right now about Rose Lavelle. I got the privilege to go and hang out with her for a little bit in Seattle ahead of the World Cup. And, and we talked about some some varying things and t- took us through some of her routines in terms of what she's been doing behind the scenes to make sure that she does get up to speed and ready for the World Cup. So check that out on CBSSports.com. But the fact still remains haven't had a, a competitive match until since mid-April. Um, the last time the United States women's national team even had a, a set of a series of games. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious about it. I'm also curious about like how they scouted Wales because what will they, yeah. what does this coaching staff um, see for Roosevelt in a game like this against Wales? Do they value a first half kind of buildup or do they value an off the bench uh, moment for her? Is Wales going to be a team that presents a series of challenges and game game scenarios in which things are difficult for them to to unlock things? Uh, so maybe you bring her in in the second half, if that's the case. During that first forty five, this team struggles to unlock things. So I'm curious about that because there is that question mark. It's like this player has to get some minutes right. before they go off to the World Cup, right? That's like the most obvious question. Yes. I think how they're going to look, I think, is that sub question um, within this one. I agree completely. I want to I want to ask about the goalkeepers, though, because we have three goalkeepers called in Alyssa Nair, who has been the number one keeper for Vlachowanovsky in this U.S. side for a a number of years. Um, But she's struggling a bit with her her club team in Chicago Red Stars and really not looking like she's in top form. Now, it's a different ballgame when you get into the national team. Who knows the form right now for for Nair? But then you also have Aubrey Kingsbury and Casey Murray Murphy, two players that are headed to their first World Cup, um, under 20 caps for both of them. Kingsbury only one cap, but in my eyes, Casey Murphy is is kind of in that second keeper role. Do we get to see time from, from Casey Murphy in this game? Is Alyssa Nair getting the start? Oh. What do you think is going to happen between the goalposts? You know, I, I just – I don't. I don't think Kingsbury gets minutes in this game. I think – I'm, I would even venture to say that, like, hey, whoever gets this game in post is going to get that first game against Vietnam. So if it's Murphy in net, I guess they're riding with Murphy. If it's Nair in net, they're riding with Nair. So I'm I'm curious about it. I think, you know, it presents a little bit of a kind of a champagne problem as well. Yeah. I think the fact that you have three goalkeepers that you're taking to the World Cup that you still have this question around in the send-off game, uh, I think could be a little bit of, like like I said, champagne problems and, like, who is it going to be? I think at this point you've got – they've got a couple weeks here that have built up to – that have built up to this World Cup where they're just trying to establish the camaraderie and the confidence. And I think that, uh, that obviously is going to include the goalkeepers mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I, I think coming into this send-off game, 
they actually have all had an elevated rise in form. And I would include Alyssa Nair in that, despite mm-hmm. the very early struggles that the Red Stars overall defensive structure had within probably the first, let's be generous here, like first six to eight weeks of the season. The final four weeks that she had building up into this, I think she had much better form. So I don't know. Um, I, there's some folks I see in the chat, you know, giving their opinions about the goalkeeper position. And, you know, maybe Nair does start and, and Murphy comes on in the half. I don't really like that, though. I think yeah. you need to pick a goalkeeper. Whoever it is, whoever the coaching staff decides, they need to give that goalkeeper that game. And that's yeah. it. I think it's I don't want to see a split 45. Yeah. I, I think don't. as much as I want um Casey Murphy to have experience, as much as I think the US will use Casey Murphy throughout the World Cup, I think against Wales, you throw out Alyssa Nair, you get that back line solidified. Remember, this this is uh the first time that the team will be without Becky Sauerbrunn in the facility, right? Not on the bench. She's not part of the team. She's out due to injury. And this is the captain, the player's captain, someone that um, they lean on game in and game out, and and Blackwood has to move forward without her, as do all the players. Yeah. I think it's going to be Alyssa Nair starting in goal with with the two center backs, Alana Cook and Naomi Gurma. He he's yeah. going to have that trio defensively in the middle, um, yeah. lockdown, get them time, get them minutes, perhaps a full ninety, right? Maybe forty or, or maybe like eighty if one of them subs out one of the center backs. But I'm thinking a full ninety for those three. It, the two center backs, Cook and Germa and Nair. I think that's an excellent uh answer that you sort of get to another one of those sub questions. Like yeah. is does this look does this send off game look and or feel different in the preparation if Becky Sarburn is healthy and able to go? Right? Like that's yeah. also the other side. I think of it that. does. But that's like, I, that's like kind of a, a moot point at this point. <laughs> I think I think I think that's I think it's valid though. I think if you've got not one but two starting center backs who are going to their first ever World, World Cup, you're going to have another first time World Cup goalkeeper behind them. I don't think so. Yeah, nope. <laughs> I don't think so. I think if Becky Sauerbrunn is available, maybe that makes it a harder question around the goalkeeper position, but Becky Sarbrun is not available. So if you're going to have two new first timers, you're absolutely going to go with your experienced goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it'll be Nair full 90 um, and then Gurma and, and cook in the center back, perhaps maybe like uh, Emily Sonnet sliding in there at the end of the game just to get minutes. Like, I don't know. That's like comes yeah. down to like the tactics and, and the conversation that the coaches staff had coaching staff and the players have. So we talked a little bit about Rose Lavelle and she maybe kind of checks off two boxes in terms of like, who do we want to see get minutes and versus who needs minutes. But I think with those two questions, who we want to see get minutes and who needs minutes, I think those also (laughs) might be a little bit of, of moot points because I would even argue like, let's take out, let's remove someone like a, like a Savannah DeMello in, in this equation. Because that's an obvious answer. Who would need minutes in this game? Well, a lot of people might say Savannah DeMello because she doesn't have a cap going into into this World Cup. But if this game is going to be utilized as an actual game of prep going into and build up into the group stage, who actually gets the minutes? I, so, I, that's such a good question. I, I love it. Let's just start. Let's just, okay, yeah. so we already talked a little bit about the goalkeepers. 
we mentioned already about who we think we're we're obviously going to see in, in the in the center back position. Who who else do you maybe see getting a, a, a shot at making this ideal starting eleven against Wales? Um, when I look centrally, like at the midfield, that's where we're going to start. Um, I, I think Julie Ertz, I think we see her in, in the defensive six position. I think Lindsay Horan, um, I, I think we're going to see Rose start and not get a full game. I do. I just think like the way warmups happen and preparation for the game and how a player, um, how their body's feeling. That's when you usually give them the run right at the start of the game. Um, but I think that uh, Ashley Sanchez can make a, make a run for herself. I think there are going to be moments when she's going to be called upon to play different roles throughout this World Cup and that Black Wanonofsky is going to ask different questions of a player like Ashley Sanchez, whether that is getting starting nods throughout the World Cup, which I could see happening for her, or it's coming in and closing out games or, or being um, a different playmaker in the midfield as someone that can kind of balance the the two ways that you see someone like Rose Lavelle play and the Lindsay Heron, Rose Lavelle, who loves to pick up the ball in space, run at defenders, run at back lines, run through the lines. Um, that's how she breaks lines. Rose Lavelle is running with the ball. Lindsay Heron, much more of um, that eight type of midfielder that will play the ball through, look to switch it from side to side, side to side, connect short passes with a Julie Ertz that's right in next to her. And how can Ashley Sanchez balance both of those, right? Whether she's playing alongside Rose or Haran, or even if it's Christy Mewis in there. But I think Ashley Sanchez is one that Blackwoodanovsky is going to want to get time in this match against Wales, especially in front of a Julie Ertz, maybe alongside Lindsay, alongside Rose, having that combination of play in the midfield is going to be really crucial. Um, and then in terms of Savannah DeMello, I honestly think we see her against Wales. I really do. Yeah. At the end of the game, like you – if so much in terms of like nerves, you just get it out of the way for the player, right? Yeah. Who knows? She could, uh, she could go through the World Cup and never step on the field, never yeah. see a single minute. However, if the moment comes where she gets to play in the World Cup, I don't think you want that to be her first cap. I just don't I think, think that that like nerve wise, emotionally, it's it's good for a player when you have this send off game when you have. 15 minutes at the end of the match, right? Say say he gives Lindsey Horan a 75-minute game. That's when you throw in Savannah DeMello and, and she'll finish out the game in the midfield, getting her first cap, finishing out with 15 minutes. You just don't risk that in, okay. in an injury situation at a World Cup, throwing a player into the mix. You don't. No, I, 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 I don't disagree with that. I, but there's still a part of me that wonders if she is going to get those minutes. I, I, look, I think that's what I'm also looking at in this game. The the seriousness of it all, like how how serious is, is not just the players, but both the, the, the coaching staff and technical staff as well. You know, gonna gonna view and game plan for for this for this match against Wales. So I I would love to see Tomello get some minutes before going off to a group stage with this team, but I really don't know. And I don't know. I think the other question of that is, is it is it going to be longer than fifteen minutes or shorter than fifteen minutes? Like how how does that window look uh, for for this player moving forward? But we're we're talking about players that we might see. On both sides of the ball in this game, we're talking about what we would like to see, who we think we need minutes. So let's let's finally just close it out. Let's make a pick. What's going to happen in this game? Who do you think is, is going to end up on the scoreboard? Do you think this might end in a draw? That's also possible, too. Uh, what do you got in this one, Lisa? 
I see the U.S. winning, taking taking the win in this one. Um, I'm I want a shutout from them. I think a shutout will be yeah. really really crucial for whoever's in goal. I'm going to say listen air, but really crucial for Germa and Cook, the center backs. I think they're going to kind of hang their head on that. Um, as as a former defender, you do pride yourself on shutouts, no matter if it's your fault, if it's yeah. not, right? It, you are proud of a shutout, and I think that's going to be really crucial and a goal for these center backs. Um, in addition to maybe playing out of the back a little bit more, connecting with Earth really well, having good triangles, um, one-two touches, making clean, crisp passes. It's going to be an emphasis for Gurma and Cook. Um, in terms of score sheet, I want to see Alex Morgan get a goal. I think she's going to be crucial for, for this team throughout the World Cup. I think she could be a starter heading into this yeah. World Cup and throughout of it. So I want to see her kind of start off on the right foot with her fourth World Cup, get a goal in the send-off series, and and keep the train running. I think I think Smith as well. The, the players that yeah. – I want to have big World Cups and that the United States needs to have big World Cups. It starts now in this send-off game and that there's a lot of pressure on Sophia Smith, but hey, diamond that's how diamonds are made with pressure. And I think that Smith can handle it. I want a couple from her in this send-off game. I'm I'm with you. I think in terms of the defensive responsibilities, they want that clean sheet. They want to go into the group stage with that. They don't want to concede. Uh, so I'm with you. I want a clean sheet from them. I want it to be zero on one. And on the other side, I'd like two goals. Uh, look, I think it might even possibly be even more narrow than that. Maybe it is a one zero. We saw that come out of the April window against Ireland. It, they it was tough for them to unlock some things and finally get the ball in the back of the net. So I think this one will be narrow as well. Um, so I'm looking, I, I want a two zero. I don't know if we're going to get a two zero. Hopefully we get a two zero and I want to see goals from Smith and Williams. I want to see a front trio of Morgan Smith and Williams. I think this is the trio that can, you try to really build around moving forward yeah. into this world cup. They have excellent options in the forward core, whether it's Morgan, Williams, Smith, Rodman, Thompson, yeah, etc. Yeah. I think there's excellent options here. But I think as, as far as your, your usual suspects, the trio that you want to get rolling, cohesive, building that chemistry, I want to see Williams, Smith, and Morgan. Yeah. I mean, and those I will- are the three going forward, right? Like in terms of like A-team, at least for me, yeah. that's it's it's Alex Morgan, Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith. Those are the three starters going forward throughout the World Cup. Yeah, we're both in, in agreement on that. So I want to see it starting with Wales, and uh, I wanna I want to see a couple goals from from either of them. So um, I would anticipate that Alex Morgan is already gearing up to play that role yeah. that she's used to playing with this team. I you know, and I call it you know the get your get your butt beat challenge by Alex Morgan. She just goes out there and absorbs so much contact and pressure, uh, just being kind of that target forward and being Alex the Alex Morgan of it all. And mm-hmm. defenders sort of flock to her, so maybe that will open things up yeah, for these I, other two players. And and I want to see it. So let's let's get a shutout and let's get a couple goals. Frankly, the trio of Morgan Smith and Williams is 
is very dangerous because of how these players play, right? You just talked about Alex Morgan and how much contact and physicality that she draws in, in a game. And frankly, she can withstand and withhold. So she'll play a lot of that like back to goal and, and dropping underneath, connecting with Rose, overlapping ones runs with Rose. And then on one side of her, you have a Lynn Williams that's fast as lightning and that can it, it catches opposition really off guard. And with a quick switch of the ball, getting the ball to Rose or Lindsey Horan in the midfield and then finding the outlet in Lynn Williams is going to be really dangerous. That's another element that Williams provides um, and depth in that front line. And then a Sophia Smith, you get her the ball on the flank. She can cut inside. She'll dribble at back lines. And, and she's so good with it ball at her feet in really tight spaces running at opposition. It's almost a triple threat that you have in that front line. And that's why those three are going to be the three moving forward for Vlako Anonofsky, and they're going to be really dangerous. And I want the, the combination of those three to be really good in this Wales match. And I agree. I think it'll be a low score line, but if depending on who gets the goals between those three, I want Smith and Morgan. I want the other, the third to be involved, right? Whether it's an assist from Morgan to Lynn, or it's an assist from Lynn to Soph or whatever that may be. I want all three of them involved in scoring opportunities for the U.S. I'm with you. I hear you. That's it for the U.S. Women's National Team, but stick with us. We actually have some more picks to make, but for NWSL. We'll run through them quickly. We'll take a quick break. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right. There's still NWSL action taking place this weekend. Coming on up. It's week 15. But let's not act like there might not be a little bit of senioritis. There's a break on the horizon as well in regular season play. There will be some Challenge Cup matches that take place over the course of this World Cup period. So we saved the picks for NWSL for last. So stick with us. We're going to we're going to run through these uh, and, and make our predictions of what we might see in the final weekend of regular season play before a break happens for these club in the regular season. So let's start with Orlando Pride versus O.L. Reign. This one is going to kick things off uh, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Let's take a look at these two teams, Orlando versus the Reign. You have a winner or a loser. You got a draw, Lisa. I have a draw in this one. OL Rain, they're coming off a 2-2 draw in which they came from behind against Racing Louisville last week and ended up splitting the points. Um, that That's their third draw in or their second draw in their last three regular season matches. They're also without Jess Fishlock during this international break, who we did get to see last week. Of course, she's with Wales. We just talked about her in the first 40 minutes of this episode. Um, so with that being said, Orlando, they're coming off a really massive on-the-road 
road, 3-0 win over Washington Spirit. This game is going to be played at home for the Pride. I think it'll give them a boost, but it's going to be hard for them to kind of stay on track of three goals in that situation against a tough OL Reign back line. So I'm going with a draw between these two sides. I respect it. Coming out of the gates early with a draw. I want to go the other way. I Look, I, I love what we're seeing out of all rain this season. We talk a lot about the depth and flexing things, and I think we're going to continue to see that moving forward in this game. I want to see Elise Bennett with another strong performance. I want to see Headers FC, Balser and Bennett connecting once more. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go rain with this one. I think they're going to walk out with a win. I think it might be narrow, though. It's yeah. tough. Orlando's been kind of streaky for me. They could surprise you, and sometimes they could surprise you in a not-so-good kind of way. So I'm going to go rain in this one and say they finally break through and crack and, and get through all three points. Let's pivot to another game that's kicking off on Friday. We've got Racing Louisville versus Kansas City Current. This one kicking off Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm excited for this one. Anytime we get a chance to get another look at some of these central region teams, I think it gets kind of weird and it gets kind of wild. And I'm hopeful that we'll get to see some of that energy in this game as well. I'm going to go with the current in this one, Lisa. I think they're going to walk away with a win. How about that? I am also going with the Kansas City Current. I think they're back to their winning ways. They've got a lot of good uh, firepower back in their lineup, whether it's uh, Morgan Gatra, Michelle Cooper, Kristen Hamilton. I've been really impressed with Alexis Spanstra, um, a- another rookie. She's combining well with Cooper up top. And I've talked about Michelle Cooper, number two draft pick for the Current. She's getting things rolling. She's starting to pick up points. She's starting to get gold. She's starting to feel herself and feel confident. Now's the time she takes off. Three straight weeks for KC, three straight wins for me. I like that we're both going with the current in this this central region oh, yeah. matchup for the Midwest. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, look, there's going to be some players missing for, for Racing Louisville. I'm mostly thinking about Savannah DeMello in this one. But the current are showing that they're getting some of their pieces back. And they're also showing that they're about to be that second half team again. So they're starting off strong, I think for this uh, second half of the season. And I think they want a win before they go off on break. So we're both going current. Let's pivot to Houston dash versus Chicago red stars. This one also kicking off on Friday at 8 30 PM Eastern. We got a, t- a triple header to begin week 15 Houston dash versus Chicago red stars. I'm going Houston. In this one, Lisa, I like the play out of Chicago. Of course, I'm rocking my Chicago hat right now. But if there's one thing I know about Chicago, it's tough for them to play away at Houston. So maybe this one's going to be a gritty grinder of a match and maybe they have enough for a draw. But something about playing in Houston always comes back to haunt this Red Stars team. And honestly, if I'm the dash, you want this game. You need to want this game. They've been hovering in that seventh seed for so long. They have been struggling to finally leapfrog and make that jump into the upper half of the table. They absolutely need to look at this game as that opportunity, and I hope they do. So I'm going dash in this one. I like that. I, I could have seen this one as a draw. I actually, I thought you were going to pick it as a draw. I like to pick for you and for me, you know, and then see, see where I land up for you. <laughs> um, but you did not pick a draw. You went with Houston. I'm also going to go with the dash in this one. You're exactly right. Houston's been hovering in the middle of the table. They were three straight draws heading into last week and they lost on, on a, 
a breaker of a one goal to North Carolina last year or last week. And the defense for Houston has been tremendous. They're one of the stingiest. They are the stingiest in the league. Jane Campbell um, suffered not getting that clean sheet last week and it hurt her. Now, Good news for Houston. They didn't get a red card last week. That's the first time that's happened in three weeks where they didn't suffer a red card. So they'll have Katie Lind back, Natalie Jacobs back. Their center back pairing is back for Sam Lady and this Houston side. They're playing at home. They play pretty well at home this year because it is really hard for opposition to come in with the heat and the humidity and play against this dash side. And although Chicago is coming off a win last week, they got a 1-0 win over San Diego. Wave. It was massive for them. I don't think it's going to carry through this week. And frankly, I think Houston's pretty pissed off about last week's North Carolina 1-0 loss that they couldn't pull out. So I'm also going to go with dash in this one. All right. I feel that. I like that we're both going dash. Let's pivot to Saturday. Finally, the headliner, the one and only San Diego Wave FC versus Washington Spirit. The sole game on Saturday kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. I got to say, I kept this one as a draw, Lisa. I just don't know if there's going to be enough from either side to finally pick up a result. San Diego coming off of tough loss couple of tough losses they're on a losing streak in this regular season so far with three games gone and the spirit looking like they're still trying to figure things out with so many of their key players gone for the international window here with the world cup coming up i still think they're going to have another week where they're trying to figure things out and i think it's going to translate to a draw on the pitch how about you i mean sad dingus in our chat right now saying i have no idea which way this team goes <laughs> i kind of get it i kind of get it you're going with a draw both of these teams on a skid as you mentioned spirit coming off back-to-back losses san diego three straight losses a draw before that in their last five they've picked up one win they've got to get back on the winning side and the right side of things and i think this is the week for casey stoney and the san diego wave side they've had three two weeks now where they've been without their u.s internationals where danielle colaprico has has kind of found her way in the midfield playing with doniak in front of her shawl whether it's amira ali or rachel hill in that front line and i think amira ali is is going to have a moment she can have a moment during these next few weeks now's the time when she steps up she kicks it into gear they're going up against this washington spirit side that's without their starting goalkeeper missing some key pieces in the midfield that they have this is going to be an opportunity for San Diego to to turn the script around. After three straight losses, they've got to pick things up. Now's the time for them. I, I'm leaning on them. Um, I've also been impressed with goalkeepers and and the back line that they've struggled with. And Kaylee Real now is when she can really step in and own this back line um, after a lot of changes, missing missing Sheridan and Garma in the back line. So I'm going to go wave. All right. I like that. I like that. Look, let's let's take a look at Sunday. We got a doubleheader. Gotham FC versus Portland Thorns. Portland on the road in this one. This one kicking off on Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. I got to say, I kept it. I kept it real. I wanted to pick a draw for every single one of these games this week. I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of senioritis that comes into play when you know you have a break right on that horizon ourselves included we're just kind of like hey maybe we just might see a little bit of like let's let's clock in get in there and get out i think i'm gonna go with another draw in this game lisa i can't help it when i look at these two teams again figuring some things out with some players missing along the way gotham kind of streaky for june going into july as well who is going to be that player to step up 
and kind of grab the moment, right? Grab the opportunity and players missing. I don't know if we've seen that just yet. And I'm also looking for that in Portland as well. So I think this might be a draw. I see a draw for sure. I mean, you're exactly right across the board. These could all be draws and that would be just a heck of a historic weekend in the NWSL week 15. I'm going Gotham. I think Abby Smith in goal for them has done such a good job. I think she keeps it it, this way moving forward with the shutouts that she's been getting um, and not letting goals in. Morgan Weaver has been uh, amazing for Portland. Can she keep that going? Can she try to get on the end of things and be consistent, right? That's what I want from Morgan Weaver. But I think Abby Smith's going to keep everything out, So, which could make it a draw. I'm not going to yeah. lie there. However, I'm going to go with Gotham because um, you're picking too many draws, and I just have to, to stick with a win on this one. I'm going to go Gotham. All right. I respect it. Well, I got a different result for this last game. Angel City FC versus North Carolina Courage. This one closing things out on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We've got interim head coach Becky Tweed undefeated across, what, four competition, four matches across all competitions right now. She's doing well. The team is responding to to the changes uh, for, for the personnel right now, and they're performing in a way which maybe they wanted to earlier in the season, but they're doing it now in the second half. But they're going up against... North Carolina Courage, which really probably the most informed team right now in the league. And I'm going with a clear winner in this one. I think all good things, fun things come to an end. And I think the Courage are going to disappoint Angel City in this one and walk away with the win. So you think North Carolina Courage is going to get the win? I do. Okay, I like that. Um, yeah, North Carolina Courage is is really in good form right now. They're playing consistent football. They have been without six internationals now headed into this break, and Sean Nahas isn't changing up his his form, isn't changing up the game plan for what he wants to play. Um, I've been really impressed. Four straight wins for the Courage. They sit atop the table. Angel City, they've dropped in recent weeks. They're at number 11 in the standings. They're, they've picked up points in their last three games. As you mentioned, Becky Tweed, she is technically undefeated in the last three in her three games as interim head coach, but they've been two draws in the last two weeks. I think they're going to get another draw. So I'm going to go North Carolina staying undefeated. They get their fifth straight game with points and with Angel City, they get their third straight draw. I'm going to go with a tie in this one. I love it. I love a week where we put multiple draws and a couple winners and losers along the way. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. That's all we've got for you today. Of course, we'll be back with a recap of all of this good stuff for you. So make sure you stay tuned. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. We're at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with a recap Sunday night. For Sanchez at the end of this was attacking third. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!